his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Welcome back. Last hour of Beach and Company. Joe Beamer in for the legend, Sandy Beach. He'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. This hour, want to talk about the primaries. You've got one coming up tomorrow. You've got one that, well, it was a caucus in Iowa that was just last week. And we still don't actually know the final numbers from that caucus. So I want to know from you two questions. You can go in two different directions here. Number one, is it time for a simpler primary system? What I mean by that is instead of having Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, all these you know, one-state primaries that lead up to Super Tuesday and then Super Tuesday Part 2, instead of having all this, how about we just have three blocks of primaries? You've got one, maybe a month later, two, maybe a month after that, three. I mean, do we really have the pulse of the primary, the standing of the candidates, depending on voters in two states? Less than half a million people determine who the front runner is going into South Carolina, Nevada, Super Tuesday. There's got to be a better way that makes sense. And I think after what happened last week, Iowa is no longer going to be the first one. So all those uh, clips of the Iowa State Fair, I think that's out the door. But I don't think it should be you know, one state at a time leading up to, oh, five states went today. I think if we just did three different blocks of primaries, that would be the way to go. Instead of, you know, wasting all this time and effort on one state. And let's be honest, once someone gets in the White House, how much uh, focus does that state get, really? You know, Iowa, they spend three years going to the Iowa State Fair for what? So they could be the front runner going into New Hampshire for the six electoral votes in the election? There's got to be a better way. Also, speaking of the primary, I was at LA Fitness yesterday and I went to a different location. Did not go to my regular Southgate location. Was at a different LA Fitness and. They have three TVs in the locker room, okay? All three of them were on full blast. So you had the replay of the Greg Gutfeld show on one TV. You had whatever CNN was playing on one TV. And I think CNBC, which had paid programming on, on the other TV. All three, three of them were turned all the way up. Let me tell you. It's difficult enough for me to focus after a workout 
it's even more difficult for me to for- focus when three different things are all being blasted at once. So I thought that was interesting. By the way, two of the three TBs, obviously, we're talking about the primaries. Now, my other question, heading into New Hampshire, it looks like we have a tie atop of the poll. Sanders and Buttigieg coming out of Iowa, and they're both doing well uh, pre the New Hampshire primary. Now, right now, it looks like I was uh, not too intelligent to say that Joe Biden is still going to be the Democrat candidate. And there is part of me that still thinks that just because I've thought it for so long. I thought in 2018, Joe Biden would be who runs against Donald Trump. But it doesn't look that way. And my question to you is, who has the better chance of beating President Trump in the November 2020 election. Of those declared candidates, of the ones that are on the ballot in New Hampshire, plus Michael Bloomberg. Because right now, like I said, I thought it was Joe Biden, and I did think he would give the president a run for his money. I never thought Joe Biden could could defeat the president. And right now, of those candidates, I don't think any of them will defeat the president. But who gives him the biggest challenge? And does the Iowa caucus disaster, and that's what it was. I mean, you now have candidates asking for a recount. That doesn't make the Democrat Party look too good. So does this Iowa disaster make some question the Democrats? I mean, Terry McAuliffe, of all people, said that it's not a good look. We're trying to convince people that we can run the government better than Donald Trump, and we can't even run our own caucus. I was surprised that, of all people, Terry McAuliffe said that. But is this a bad look for the Democrats going into an election? Whoever it is, will this Iowa thing still be there? You know the president's going to remind people of it. So interesting stuff. I'd love to know what you think. 803-0930, star 930. Is there a better way for the primary system? Who gives the president the biggest run for his money? And the Iowa caucus disaster, will the Democrats be paying for it in the general election? Or do you think by then it'll pass? 803-0930, star 930, the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board is open at 3930. We will talk to you after this. It's Joe Beamer in for Sandy Beach here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Got a few questions for you this hour. Presidential primaries, are there just too many? I think it's time for three separate blocks. A bunch of states on one day. A month later, another group of states, and then a month after that, the third group of states. Right now, I'm looking at the primary schedule. Primary season runs through June 6th. That is the last time delegates are up for grabs. That is June 6th, the Virgin Islands Caucus of the 48 or the uh, the 50 uh, United States. South Dakota is the final primary 
June 2nd. June 2nd. The second primary is tomorrow, February 11th. This is going until June 2nd or June 6th. Come on. And if you look at it, I mean, you have, so you have New Hampshire today, or tomorrow, sorry. 11 days later, you have Nevada, which is another caucus. So get ready. That could be very entertaining. A week after that is South Carolina, okay? So we're at the end of February now, and we have four primary slash caucuses. Okay, great. Then you get your first Super Tuesday where you've got a bunch of states. Then you have March 10th, a few states. March 14th, one state. March 17th, a bunch of states. Come on. That's just, that just to me is leading to not only confusion that we're seeing in Iowa, but it also, you're letting, because people look at Iowa and New Hampshire, right? And they'll go, wow, Joe Biden is really falling. But if you were a Joe Biden supporter, just think of it this way. If you were a Joe Biden supporter, and now you're going to throw your vote away, or you're going to go uh, to a different candidate, just because Joe Biden didn't perform well in Iowa or New Hampshire. I don't know. I don't know. So I'd like to know, am I the only one who thinks this primary system is crazy and that it's time for a more simplified primary? And then also looking at these candidates, who gives the president the biggest run for his money, the closest, uh, best challenge? And number three, do you agree with Terry McAuliffe? This looks bad for the Democrat Party. The Iowa caucus mess is going to look bad for months to come for the Democrats. 803-0930. Let's go to Ron in Ontario. Ron, good morning. Ron, good morning. All right, Ron, if you're out there, give us a call back. Let's go to Judge. Judge, good morning. Hey, good morning. Good, good topic this morning. A lot of them. I'm calling because I believe that if you keep feeding the Democrats a lot of rope, they're going to just just keep hanging themselves. I mean, people, I hope they don't forget that four years ago they tried to fix the VA system, which was a disaster. They also tried to fix the health care, which cost us all a lot of money. Uh, the Iowa caucus is another demonstration that they still, they, they still don't have it together. I mean, we could go on and talk about those things for quite a bit. And then to go back to the caller that called before, I agree with you. I think let's take a vote on those plastic bags. We need to really educate people that recycling isn't something new. This isn't something we've just started within the last couple of years. When I was younger, we, we always recycled the milk bottles. Any of the tin went back for the war back in the 50s and the 60s. So recycling isn't anything new. This country has always stepped up to try to do its share. And I think these younger people have to understand that their parents, their grandparents, my grandfather was standing on the deck of a ship at the age of 15. And I, I truly encourage a lot of these younger kids to step up and think what your grandparents and what your forefathers did to help advance this country. And if you like living in the city and their playpens are a complete mess, if you want to keep living in that kind of a playpen, Keep voting the way you've been voting. 
I mean, we could go on for quite a while. Look at Chicago. Look at San Francisco. These places are disgusting. It's 2020. All right, Judge on a cell. Let's try Ron in Ontario again. Ron, good morning. Good morning. Sorry about that. I had another call. I was waiting for a while, so I had to take the call. Hey, not a problem, man. What do you got for us? Um, well, as far as uh, who's going to put up the biggest fight for uh, against Trump, really none of them, but I guess maybe Buttigieg, because he's, he's a good politician that doesn't say much but talks a lot. But um, what I would think, if I was the Democrats, sometimes you got to look at uh, where you are. They ain't going to win no matter who they put up in front of them, none of them. So in order to get Bernie Sanders out of the picture, Get Bernie Sanders in him, let him run up against Trump, and let Trump kick his butt, and then that'll put the end of Bernie Sanders. Well, Ron, I mean, it looks like that could be uh, could be the case. Bernie is going to come out of Iowa with a bunch of delegates. He's going to come out of New Hampshire with a few delegates. If he goes into New- Nevada with that kind of momentum, I mean, it could be a <laughs> it could be a difficult uphill battle for anyone else. And I'm telling you. I think a Bernie Sanders-Donald Trump debate would be very entertaining. Oh, it'd be entertaining as all hell. You know what? We went in Ontario or in Canada here, we went through where the Liberal Party just got decimated up here a few elections ago, where they lost so many seats because of the policies the policies that they were giving and the way that they were acting and the power that they were trying to, to, to hold was so obvious that everybody just kicked them out. And then the same thing's happening down there with the Democrats. They're the same party, Liberal Party, Democrats, doesn't really matter. And it's coming, the people are finally realizing that, you know what, we're tired of being told stuff and nobody doing what they say they're going to do. Trump's the first one that's ever said, I'm going to do this, and he's done it. He's doing it, he's doing it, he's doing it. I bet you he's made more promises and kept more promises than the last 10, 10 uh, uh, presidents down there i bet you i don't know for sure but everything he says he's going to do that man does i'll tell you this ron he's everything he said he was going to do he has at least tried everything in his power to get done by the end of his first term you're darn right buddy he's he is the best president that you guys have ever had and he is the right man at the right time in the world right now because he is influencing so much throughout the world with the global economics and everything, he's taking it dead on, and he's doing a hell of a job. All right, Ron in Ontario, thank you for the call. You know, that it seems to be what everyone says, and part of me believes about Bernie Sanders is that Donald Trump would win bigger against Bernie Sanders than he did electorally against Hillary. And I want to believe that's true. And you hear a lot of the things that Bernie runs on, and you say, how can someone vote for such social socialist ideas? I mean, because Bernie Sanders admittedly is a democratic socialist. But let me tell you this. A lot of people my age who might not vote regularly, if Bernie Sanders is on that ballot— they will find their polling place, and they will vote for him. That's what scares me. Obviously, in New York, it doesn't really matter because whoever has the D next to their name is going to get the New York uh, the New York elector- electoral votes. 
But if that's the case here, I'm sure that's the cases, the case in other states like Ohio, like Florida, like Georgia, these states that like North Carolina, these states that, you know, swing states could go either way. And that's what scares me is that Bernie Sanders would get those votes in Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, the people who probably haven't been to the polls ever, who might have registered to vote when they were in college, but have not practiced that, that right to vote yet. Let me tell you, if Bernie Sanders is on the ballot, a lot of those, a lot of those voters will go partake in their first presidential election, and they will vote. I was about to say pull the lever, but they will uh, fill in the circle for Bernie Sanders. That's what scares me. Because, yes, people who are dialed into politics, like you and me, of course, you listen to Bernie Sanders' idea, and you're thinking even moderate Democrats aren't going to go and vote for this guy. Maybe they'll vote for someone down ballot. Maybe they'll actually vote for Donald Trump. But you have to factor in all of those people that might be registered to vote, might go register to vote, who have never voted, but they hear Bernie Sanders, and they'll go practice their right to vote for the first time. That's what I think would get Bernie Sanders into the White House. 803-0930, star 930, one half hour left. It's Beamer in for Sandy on WBEN. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back. It is Joe Beamer in for Sandy Beach. The final stretch here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Sandy will be, be will be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. So tune in for that. Yeah, just uh, I had a few texts on this. I I just I've talked to people that my age who I may even on some issues consider moderate, uh, but they are. in the Bernie Sanders court. They were in 2016. A lot of them didn't vote in 2016 because Bernie was not the candidate. So I can't imagine that's only a New York State thing. And I think of that countrywide, if millennials 
who may have held back in 2016 see Bernie Sanders on the ballot, I think it could be trouble for the president. Now, I hope, uh, obviously my personal opinion, I hope I'm wrong. I would like to see the president get reelected. But looking at social media, talking to friends of mine, I think Bernie Sanders will give the president a very tough challenge. And not because I think that he has these great ideas, but because his ideas are so far to the left, it is going to attract people who might not usually go vote, who might not usually know where their voting place is. Like I said, people my age, millennials, who are not known for being the most consistent voters. 803-0930. Let's go over to Clarence and talk to Jim. Jim, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you today? I'm all right, Jim. What do you got for us? Oh, I totally disagree with our prince up in Albany, what he's trying to do with this. With the um, the green light? Yes. But what do you think is going to be the what do you think is going to be the outcome though? Because now you've got the federal government saying we're not going to give you this, but Albany saying well we're not going to budge on this. What what is the end game here? I think the federal government should have the final say on who has access to what uh, DMV reports, whatever else is on any driver. Yeah, well, I would, I would, I would think that New York State, but I don't think New York State is going to budge, Jim. Well, here's the situation I have: I have a commercial driver's license with hazmat endorsements. I had to, after 9/11, I had to go through a complete background check and get fingerprinted in order to get my endorsements on my license. About six months later, come to find out, that license was no good to go into Canada and back because it was due to the federal government and they did not talk to the customs. So therefore, I was not allowed to go to Canada unless I got a Nexus or an enhanced license. And at the time, dealt with Kathy Hochul for two or three meetings with her and she was going to rectify the situation along with Chuck Schumer. And here I am 10 or 12 years later, still haven't heard a word about it. Now, two years ago, I went to get my license renewed. Come to find out, I had to have another background check and get re-fingerprinted to make sure I had not committed any crimes. But yet, my license is still not good to go to Canada because it's not a Nexus or an enhanced license. Now, you go to get a Nexus or an enhanced license, you don't have to go through any of that. You may have to have a background check for a Nexus, but no fingerprinting or anything like that. It's crazy. But, Jim, I guess I'm not following. Why did you have to have the fingerprints? Because hazardous materials, you have to have uh, endorsements on your commercial license. So are you? Uh, do you have the fast pass? No, I do not. No, okay. I am not eligible for it. I have to apply for it and get a nexus, which is another 50 or $75 money grab. Now, when I went and renewed my license between my background checks, fingerprints, and my license, it was almost $400. But, yep, my license is still no good to go to Canada. Wow. Yeah. And 
because uh, customs does not talk to the federal government. That's what the excuse Nancy Hochul gave me, why my license is no good to go to Canada. All right, Jim. Well, keep us updated on how that goes. Thanks for the call. That's Jim in Clarence. Let's go to Williamsville and talk to Jeff. Jeff, good morning. How you doing? Jeff, I'm doing well. You're painting me, brother. This whole democratic thing. I think what's going on here is the same that happened in 2016 with, you know, Clinton and Sanders. I don't think the Dems want Bernie, but he's got the backing of people and they really don't know what to do about this. You know, I think they want Biden, but he's a weak debater. He's not raising any money. And in the same breath, they want to appease Bloomberg because he did say that even if he doesn't get the nomination, he'll financially use his resources to back anyone to fight Trump. So they want Bloomberg's money. I don't think they want Sanders because he's too far left. Biden's too weak. Uh, Harris, or I mean not Harris, Pocahontas, she's just weak. So I think what they're trying to do is just trying to control the whole process. And I think they're massively failing. I think they're going to head toward a brokered convention. And who do you think comes out of that brokered convention, Jeff? Uh, Michelle Obama. <laughs> you know, that I've heard that more, more and more often as we get deeper into the primary season, that this is all going to turn into the DNC begging Michelle Obama to run against President Trump. As you say, it's about excitement. They need an exciting candidate, someone that's going to motivate the Democrats. She's the only one. These guys, they're all just a mishmash of, and Buttigieg, he's doing well, but America's not ready for that yet. Well, you mentioned Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren, and she seems almost as far to the left as Bernie Sanders. The more I hear her talk, the more extreme left her positions seem to be. Yes, she is. I just don't think she's in contention. Well, and don't forget, Jeff, you mentioned all of Bloomberg's money. They also don't want to upset Michael Bloomberg because not only does he bring money, he also brings an entire news network that he's admitted will not will not challenge the Democrat candidate, but will continuously investigate the president. Which is true. So we'll see. Hey, Jeff, thanks for the call, man. Take care. Jeff in Williamsville opens up a line for you, 803-0930. One segment to go. It's Joe Beamer in four. Sandy Beach here on News Radio 930 WBEN. It is Joe Beamer here on News Radio 930 WBEN. And as you know, there is a press conference going on at the border right now talking about this federal freeze on trusted traveler programs our brendan keeney is there and will bring us the latest as it goes on but if you would like up-to-date updates he is on twitter at brendan keeney so if you'd like to know what's going on check in on that like i said we will have him updating the situation as as uh the day goes on how do you like that let's go to ken ken good morning yeah, hi. Um, thank you. Uh, the thing is, uh, my idea is this. I think Bernie Sanders would be a complete disaster for the Democratic Party, and I'll tell you why. All right? Um, he has a lot of loyal supporters, and there's a lot of young people that don't know how dangerous socialism is. 
But there's a lot of smart Democrats out there that are older that know how bad socialism is. Now, he might get most of the vote. He might actually get the nomination. He might get more of the vote. Maybe he'll get 30%. Maybe he'll get 25% of the vote. But out of all the Democrats, there's going to be at least 25 or 30% that will never vote for a socialist. All right? He's going to split, he's going to split the vote between, okay, the ones that aren't socialists, which I don't know if there are any, but the ones that aren't declared socialists, they're splitting the other vote, and he's getting all of one kind of vote. But the other ones that aren't voting for him, the other Democrats that aren't voting for him, there are going to be some smart older ones that know how dangerous the socialism is, and no way are they going to vote for a socialist. And I think he would be uh, a sure win for Trump. I think Trump's got going to be a sure win anyways, but I think Trump would destroy him. But do you think those Democrats would vote for Trump? If Because, like you said, there are Democrats who would never vote for someone that extreme to the left, just like there's Republicans who wouldn't vote for someone if they were extreme to the right. right. Uh, but if you put my scenario in, you're going to attract a lot of people who didn't show up in 2016 who, uh, who really like Bernie's message. Do you think that number, and let's be honest, Ken, there's going to be a few Democrats who might not agree with Bernie Sanders, but they're one of these, they think anyone's better than Trump. Do you think that could give Trump a bigger challenge than what we might be expecting? It could. But I think on the debate stage, Trump would tear up his policies. I also think that there are people that are loyal to the Democratic Party no matter what. They're just completely loyal. They're completely blinded. They, you know, uh, whatever, you know, Trump did a, great, a great, did a great speech. Oh, it was all a lie. And they're not going to believe anything. But there are there are some that out that there are some out there that are going to think for themselves, and uh, there are some that there are young people probably that are going to get out there and vote that never voted before. But I don't think it's going to be enough because a lot of people, young people, I think voted last time or the time before. But I don't think it's going to be enough because there are some that will vote Democrat no matter what, and there are and there's I know Democrats that voted for Trump the last time. I think he's going to. I think I've talked to Democrats, and they're completely disgusted with what happened with the with the State of the Union. And I think they're getting turned off. And I think enough of them. If Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders is a nice guy, but his policies are horrible. Um, and I, and socialism. You know, you could be right. It could be either go either way. I don't know how many people out there that are going to say, "Hey, let's go vote." We never voted before. But I, I know, I know, there's Democrats out there that will not go for socialism. It's, but probably not a, you know, not out of them, maybe 20, 25%. But if those people don't go out and vote, or if those people vote for um, Trump, Bernie can't win. All right, Ken, thank you for the call. Yeah, I, it will be interesting because Ken's right. There are Democrats out there, moderate Democrats, and I think a few of them, uh, especially in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, who are probably saying, you know, I'm not really a big fan of the president, but compared to some of these candidates, I would go vote for the president over them. But then you think Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, you think of college kids or those who just graduated college, didn't vote in the 2016 election. They are going to be, and obviously I'm generalizing, there's going to be some that aren't, but I think a big number of those 
And if you add those two millennials who haven't voted, maybe since college, maybe at all, who are very energized by Bernie Sanders. They are very, uh, they're ready to go campaign for the guy. They're ready to go vote for the first time if he's on the ballot. Some of them sat out in 2016 because they thought Hillary Clinton wasn't the fair winner of the Democrat primary, and they thought Bernie should be there. So you have all of those. Does that number outweigh the moderate Democrats who won't vote for Bernie Sanders? It's very interesting because I, in 2016, we saw during the primary a Republican Party that seemed very divided, right? You had Ted Cruz, President Trump at the time, candidate Trump, uh, Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush for a little bit, and then he uh, he uh, stepped down. You had John Kasich, who almost refused to leave the race. And it seemed like, wow, this Republican Party is broken. But then remember what happened. Donald Trump got the electoral, got the electoral votes, got the um, delegates, got the Republican Party nod. And now look how unified the Republican Party is minus a few members. Now, I'm not going to say that's going to happen with the Democrat Party because they're bringing their problems they had from 2016 where the Bernie fans um, couldn't stand Hillary Clinton. And again, they view her as the not legitimate winner of the primary. So I see the situation this time around for the Democrats, something that's been looming for four years. The Republicans, yes, they had their divisions during the primary, but Right now, 94% approval within the party for the president would show those problems aren't there anymore. Can the Democrats, after this primary, if someone does get the right number of delegates, can they come together like the Republicans uh, did? That is a great topic for another show because, again, I see the similarities, but this is a problem that has been looming since 2016. And I think that is going to be very difficult if it's not Bernie Sanders for Bernie supporters to not feel like, here we go again, look what happened, and they can point right to Iowa. You've got a lot of conspiracy theories out there. They can point to Iowa and say, right from the beginning, they were doing anything to make sure Bernie didn't get momentum. It'll be very interesting. And again, primary in New Hampshire tomorrow I don't agree with this process. I wish it was as I proposed, you know, a block of states one day, a month later, another block of states, and then a month later, the third and final block of states. But we will see what happens in New Hampshire. That coverage will be right here on WBEN tomorrow night. So make sure you tune in for that. It'll be interesting right now at the top of the list. You have Sanders and Buttigieg, who gets the most votes and the most delegates. And remember, it's only the second state. They need 1,900-some delegates. We're only talking about another, like, 30. So it's a long road. We'll see what happens. Hey, thanks for uh, tuning in. Thank you for all the all the text on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Thanks for the calls. Sandy will be, will be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Make sure you tune in for that. Everyone, have a great day. We'll see you soon here on WBEN.
his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, Mom and Dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.